0: fourteen. It's great to see so many people here this morning as we have focused our minds, our hearts on praising our Father in Heaven, remembering our great Savior, Jesus Christ, today. Thank you for being here. It's great to be back home. I had the opportunity to go to uh, Tampa this past week for a few days to study with a group of preachers, which was a great experience, and to be able to preach at Temple Terrace uh, Wednesday night, but it's always great to be back home and to see your face. Well, I want to begin, and you see the, the phrase on the slide here, have you ever had a bad day? Have you ever had a bad night? Have you ever been in a dark place where you think all is lost? I'm not talking about traffic or something like that. I'm talking about finding yourself in a terrible situation because of poor choices, because of sin. If you find yourself in a situation like that, and maybe somebody is in this situation right now where they're experiencing not just a bad night, but a bad week, a bad month, a bad year, then I want you to know that you are not alone because we find many individuals in the Word of God who experience some dark days because of poor choices and because of their sin. One that comes to mind is the Apostle Peter, which is why I asked you to turn over to Mark chapter 14. When you look at the Gospels, we find that Peter would find himself experiencing a dark night. When you think about Peter, what comes to mind? I think there's a lot of different situations that we think about when we hear his name. Maybe you think about Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost, his boldness as he preached in front of 3,000 or more than 3,000 individuals, but helped convert 3,000 individuals. Maybe you think of the blunder that he made that we read about in Galatians chapter 2. That was a bad moment for Peter as well, where he played the role of a hypocrite and Paul had to correct him. I often think about the the amazing experience that he had when he was able to walk on water. Only one other person, that's Jesus, and Jesus gave him that ability to be able to walk on water for a short period of time. But for many individuals, including myself as well, there's another moment in his life that we automatically think about, right? What happened to him when Jesus was about to be crucified? How he lied about his relationship, knowing Jesus. He denied knowing Jesus three times. And brothers and sisters, no doubt about it, he experienced a bad night. We pick up the story in Mark chapter 14. After Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper in verse number 26, the Bible says, After singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus said to them, You will all fall away because it is written, I will strike down the shepherd and the sheep shall be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. But Peter said to him, even though all may fall away, yet I will not. And Jesus said to him, truly, I say to you that this very night before a rooster crows twice, you yourself will deny me three times. But Peter kept saying insistently, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And they were all saying the same thing also. It can be easy to look at the apostle Peter, but did you pick up who else was going to have a bad night as well? Jesus reminded not just Peter, but all of the apostles in verse 29. He said, even though all may fall away, or that's how Peter responded. But Jesus said in verse number 27, you will all fall away. And at the end of that, remember that the other apostles, they were all saying the same thing as well in verse number 31. So it wasn't just the apostle Peter who would have a bad night. It was going to be all of the apostles. And I got to tell you, when I look at this story here, one of the questions that I have, and maybe you have this question as well, how could the apostles be so foolish? Jesus warned them about what was going to happen. So how could they say and and be so bold about it, that's not going to happen to me. No way this is going to happen to me. You know, it can be very easy to look down on the Apostle Peter, and rightfully so, all of the Apostles. And the fact they're all saying, no, this isn't going to happen to me. But as I study this passage, and it's good for us to revisit this experience, this bad night, I think more often than not, we can be like Peter. And we can be like the rest of the apostles. And sometimes because of our sin, our poor choices, we can find ourselves experiencing a bad night, a bad week, a bad year. But yet there are some great lessons and I think a lesson of hope for us as we think about the Apostle Peter and really all of the apostles. And I want to just walk you through a couple of things and I want to begin By looking at the fact that indeed Peter would deny, essentially all of them would deny him by falling away. But why didn't they believe Jesus? He's very clear about this. Why didn't they believe what he was warning them about? It's interesting that earlier in the chapter, in Mark chapter 14, Jesus gave them some instructions and they followed along completely. And look at Mark chapter 14 and verse number 12. In Mark 14 and verse 12, the Bible says, On the first day of unleavened bread, when the Passover lamb was being sacrificed, his disciples said to him, Where do you want us to go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the city, and a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him. And wherever he enters, say to the owner of the house, The teacher says, Where is my guest room in which I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he himself We'll show you a large upper room, furnished and ready. Prepare for us there. Verse 16, they did exactly as what Jesus told them to do. And so we do find occasions where the apostles, they believed in Jesus. They did exactly what Jesus did. But I think when you look at the overall context of the Gospel of Mark, you're going to be able to see that this was a pattern where they didn't buy into or necessarily believe or fully trust what it was that Jesus wanted them to do. Look at Mark chapter 14, where we have already looked at that. Look at Mark chapter 4, and I want you to notice the situation here. And I think as we look at some examples here, I'm going to give you a series of passages, and you can write them down or you can read along with me. As we look at these examples, we're going to see the problem that I think we, that the apostles had when Jesus told them what was going to happen. In Mark chapter 4, in verse number 35, we find the apostles with Jesus. And the Bible says, On that day when evening came, he said to them, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd, they took him along with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. And there arose a fierce gale of wind, and the waves were breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling up. Jesus himself was in the stern, asleep on the cushion, and they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he got up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Hush, be still. And the wind died down, and it became perfectly calm. Now listen to what Jesus said to them here. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? What we find is that throughout the ministry of Jesus, when we look at the apostles, And how they interacted, despite seeing so many miracles and hearing the teaching of Jesus, they often struggled with respect to their faith, with what Jesus could do. In fact, this is a theme that we're going to see all throughout the book, and I think it will help us to understand what happened in Mark chapter 14. Go back to the very beginning of the ministry of Jesus in Mark chapter 1. We look at this passage, and I often use this passage, and I think it's a great way to use it, where we find Jesus waking up early in the morning, But we also see another struggle with the apostles. In verse number 35, we find Jesus was up early in the morning. He was praying. Now look at verse number 36. Simon and his companions searched for him. They found him and said to him, everyone is looking for you. He said to them, let us go somewhere else in the towns nearby so that I may preach there also, for that is what I came for. So Jesus He knew about his mission and understood what he needed to do, and yet the apostles had not fully caught on. This is what Jesus was going to be all about—preaching. They had got caught up with the crowds. Another example of uh, of something that we can look at here, where we find the apostles struggling, is in Mark chapter four. In Mark chapter four, as Jesus was speaking about parables here, and he's going to talk about the parable of the sower here in Mark chapter four. Notice in verse number ten. The Bible says as soon as he was alone, his followers along with the 12 began asking him about the parables. And he was saying to them, to you has been given the mystery of the kingdom of God. But those who are outside get everything in parables. So they're a part of the inner circle here. And they're going to be able to learn and know some, some things. But look at verse 12. So that while seeing, they may see and not perceive. And while hearing, they may hear and not understand. Otherwise, they might return and be forgiven. Now watch how they responded in verse number 13. He said to them, watch how Jesus responded, do you not understand this parable? How will you understand all the parables? So even though they had the inside track with Jesus, they weren't fully understanding. And they're struggling with understanding some things even about his mission and his work and certainly having faith in him. Look at Mark chapter six. This is a powerful example here. Again, as we lead our way back to Mark chapter 14. In Mark chapter six, we find Jesus, He's going to perform a miracle. In Mark chapter 6, Jesus is going to perform a miracle, and he's going to feed 5,000 individuals. It's an amazing event. And verse number 38, we'll just drop down there. He said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go look. And when they found out, they said, five and two fish. And he commanded them all to sit down by groups on the green grass. They sat down in groups of hundreds and and, and of fifties, and he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up toward heaven, he blessed the food and broke the loaves, and he kept giving them to the disciples to set before him, to set before them. I want to know how that actually worked. That's a whole other sermon, but how did that food actually work where it just keeps being multiplied and people are able to eat and eat and eat? Verse 42, they all ate and were satisfied. And they picked up 12 full baskets. And I wonder, if, was that 12, one for each apostle? I don't know. But 12 full baskets of the broken pieces and also of the fish. There were 5,000 men who ate the loaves. From that miracle, what could the apostles understand about Jesus? That nothing is too hard for him. That he can do all things. That indeed he was God in the flesh. He's performing this miracle which is pointing to who he is. And yet what is so interesting about this whole situation is that later on in the chapter, we find the apostles again in water in verse number 47. And we find the apostles again lacking courage. The Bible says in verse number 51, Jesus, he got into the boat with them and the wind stopped and they were utterly astonished. Now listen to this, for they had not gained Any insight from the incident of the loaves, but their heart was hardened. So, despite seeing this miracle and the miracle where he fed five thousand people, they still hadn't gained any insight. There still was a disconnect with respect to their faith. In Mark chapter, in Mark chapter eight, this is really fascinating too. Now, don't forget what Jesus just did in Mark chapter six. We find in Mark chapter eight. Another feeding that's going to take place. Now, if you just read and are listening, what should have been the response of the apostles in Mark chapter 8? Jesus is getting ready to to, to perform another miracle. There's another need. They just saw him feed 5,000 people. Again, in verse 1, look at Mark 8, verse 1. In those days when there was again a large crowd and they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples and said to them, I feel compassion for the people because they have remained with me now three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way, and some of them have come from a great distance. How should the apostles respond it? Hey, this is is easy, Jesus. We already know what you did. But look at verse 4. His disciples answered him, Where will anyone be able to find enough bread here in this desolate place to satisfy these people? How could they say that? They just saw him feed 5,000. They saw his power on the water. There's still a lack of faith. There's still a disconnect with respect to the apostles. So much so that as you continue on in this chapter, the Pharisees are going to argue with Jesus in verse number 11. Jesus is going to address that. The apostles are going to forget to take bread on the boat. They only have one loaf with them despite all the great things Jesus had just done. Jesus is going to warn them in verse 15. He was giving orders to them saying, watch out, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they start discussing with one another the fact that they had no bread. So they missed this as well. And Jesus, aware of this, said to them, why do you discuss the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet see or understand? Do you have a hardened heart? This is what we find time and time again. The apostles so close to Jesus And yet their faith was not where it needed to be. So much so that in Mark chapter 3, you go back and look at Mark chapter 3, Jesus in Mark chapter 3, after he appointed the apostles, in Mark chapter 3 and verse number 14 and 15, the Bible says that he appointed 12 so that they would be with him and that he could send them out to preach and to have authority to cast out demons. He gave them the authority to preach and the authority to, To cast out demons. And yet, what we find is later on in Mark chapter 9, look over in Mark chapter 9. In Mark chapter 9, we find that the apostles in verse number 14, we can't read all of this, but in Mark 9 and verse 14, when they came back to the disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and some scribes arguing with them. Immediately, when the entire crowd saw him, they were amazed and began running up to greet him. And he asked them, What are you discussing with them? And one of the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought you my son possessed with a spirit, which makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it slams him to the ground and he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and stiffens out. I told your disciples to cast it out and they could not do it. And he answered them and said, oh, unbelieving generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him to me. So he gave them the power to preach and to cast out demons. And yet at times they still were not even able to do that. There was a disconnect, brothers and sisters, with where they were. They knew so much about Jesus, and yet they didn't believe all the time what they needed to believe. And I forgot this passage here in Mark chapter 8 to the point we find Peter telling Jesus, he's rebuking Jesus. And Jesus has to tell him, get behind me, Satan. And so I'm showing you all these passages here because I want you to see that when we get to Mark 14, how could the apostles ever say, no, Jesus, this is never going to happen. Not to me. I won't deny you. It's because this was something they were struggling with throughout the entire ministry. Hardened hearts. They could see but not always understand. Their faith wavered often. And they, fu- they did not fully trust in Jesus. Now, when you go back to Mark chapter 14, look again at the words of the apostles. Mark chapter 14. And we know the rest of the story, right? We know what's going to happen. It's like a train wreck. You you see it coming. We know the rest of the story. What's interesting about this is that Peter is so bold, I will not deny you. And the other apostles say the same thing. But yet, not too long after this in verse 32, they came to a place named Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here until I have prayed. Now drop down to verse number 37. And he came and found them sleeping. What happened to that great confidence and that great assurance that, look, we're going to see it through all the way with you, Jesus. We're going to be with you every step of the way. Now they're falling asleep. And and he said to Peter, are you asleep? Could you not watch for one hour? And we know the rest of the story, right? We know what's going to happen later on in Mark chapter 14. You get down to verse number 66. As Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servants Servant girls of the high priest came and seeing Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, you also were with Jesus the Nazarene. But he denied it. He said, I neither know nor understand what you are talking about. She would continue to press him. In verse 70, he, he denied it again. In verse 71, he began to curse and swear. I do not know this man you are talking about. And immediately a rooster crowed a second time. And Peter remembered how Jesus had made the remark to him. Before a rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he began to weep. I can only imagine what Peter must have felt like. But the spotlight's not just on Peter, is it? All the apostles fled. And it's almost tragic when you really think about the fact that the apostles, they didn't even bury the body of Jesus. Someone else had to do that. They all fled that night. Peter made a colossal mistake, and so did the other apostles, and that must have been a very long night for them. For Judas, that was going to be his last night. How was that Sabbath day for them the next morning after knowing what they did? They had a dark night. Can you relate to this at all? Where you you've heard so much about Christ? And, and you read and you study, and yet you can find yourself experiencing something because you didn't fully believe what Jesus was saying. I think all of us at some point in time can relate to this story. And yet, one of the powerful things about this story is that we see that the apostles are going to get a second chance. And this is where we have great hope, brothers and sisters, that Jesus was not done with them. While they had a dark night, the sun would rise in the morning, and eventually the Son of God would rise on the first day of the week. What, it is, what, is, is, uh, what is interesting, if you remember back in Mark chapter 14, in verse number 28, Jesus said, but after I've been raised, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. And what's interesting is that in Mark chapter 16, after he was raised, they weren't there waiting for him in Galilee. They still had to be kind of pressed to actually get there. And so there was still this hardness of heart to the point where Jesus had to rebuke them in verse number 14 of Mark 16. After he appeared to them, appeared to the eleven themselves as they were reclining at the table and he reproached them for their unbelief and hardness of heart because they had not believed those who had seen him after he had risen. They still had some challenges, some struggles. They still were not fully believing, but eventually they would. And eventually Jesus would use them. They knew that he was raised from the grave and that's going to begin to change everything. What we find here, brothers and sisters, is that Jesus, he's going to give them another chance. This is a moment of renewal for them, another opportunity for them. And what we find in verse number 16 of Mark 15, Jesus said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved. He said, you have work to do. I'm giving you this mission, and that's exactly what they did. And verse 20, they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word by the signs that followed them. They got a second chance. We find in Acts chapter 2 and verse 22, Peter is there preaching the gospel on the day of Pentecost. We find in Acts chapter 5 and verse number 42, the apostles are preaching and teaching Jesus daily. They are preaching and teaching with boldness. We find that they are willing even to die for the cause, for the sake of Jesus Christ. They got a second chance. While they had this bad night, while they struggled in their faith from time to time, they made big mistakes. He lied about knowing Jesus three times. But that was not the end of the story for Peter. And it wasn't the end of the story for the rest of the apostles. And brothers and sisters, this is something that we need to remember. That bad night did not define the rest of their days. It didn't define the rest of their lives. They wouldn't forget it, certainly. And maybe that was used to, to motivate them and to remember God's grace and what he, has done for th- what he had done for them and just how good he really was. Their boldness came from the fact that Jesus was risen from the grave, and they continued to do great work. And the application for us, I think, is really important as we begin to wrap this up. As you think about Peter and the rest of the apostles, Peter's bad night happened because he lied three times. Do you find yourself experiencing some dark days? We can find ourselves experiencing dark days, not necessarily because of sin, but sometimes we can because of poor choices. Because we have sinned, we did not truly listen and believe what God has shown us in his word. Sin has a way of creating some bad nights. The Bible reminds us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And sometimes we can bring about bad nights because we hear, but we don't fully understand. We have eyes, but we still don't believe. We go after our own will like Peter and the others instead of God's. And we fail to trust the words of Christ. Whether it's through lying or stealing or not honoring our vows or lack of self-control, we can find ourselves experiencing some bad moments in our lives. I imagine that Peter and the rest of the apostles had a wave of guilt and shame after that moment. They're in hiding. They're behind closed doors. I believe that's what John 20 says after all these events took place. And I wonder how difficult it really was for them to look themselves in the mirror to consider how far did I really go? I can't believe I've put myself in this situation. But for Peter's story and the rest of the apostles, we can learn all is not lost. Do you believe that? Do you believe that even when we fall short, all is not lost? There's still hope for you and for me. It was not lost because Peter and the other apostles were not the only ones who experienced a bad night. Jesus experienced a bad night not because he sinned he was sinless but he experienced a bad night suffering for you and for me so that we might be redeemed from our sins and he experienced the worst pain imaginable we can't even fathom what he went through and it was so intense that it literally became dark for a span of three hours while Jesus was on the cross but the dark day didn't last eventually he rose from the grave And Jesus prayed for Peter. That's what it says in Luke 22. And the apostles, they began to do great things. All was not lost. And I want to conclude by just saying this. For us as Christians, when we find ourselves experiencing difficult days because we have failed to truly listen to Christ, because we have failed to truly believe what he has told us, let's also remember one other thing, that all is not lost. And when you look at this story here with Peter and the rest of the apostles, Let's remember that no matter how far you fall, no matter how fall, far we may fall, we can get back up and we can be forgiven. We need to really buy into this and believe it. When we confess our sins according to 1 John chapter 1, we will be forgiven. And no matter how much shame may wash over you, remember you've been washed by the blood of Jesus. We've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus, and we can get back up. We need to remember the words of Jesus in John chapter 8 to that woman caught in adultery, go and sin no more. And no matter what the devil may try to whisper in our ear, we need to drown him out with it is written. The devil wants us to think we can never recover, we can never get back up, we can never be used again for the cause of Christ, and that is simply not true. What do you remember the Apostle Peter for? His hypocrisy? Hey, join the club. We can be hypocrites too. The fact that he lied three times, hey, join the club. We can do that too. Maybe there's something else we need to remember Peter by as well. We need to remember that Peter continued. Peter remained, and so did the other apostles except for Judas, which means that we need to do the same no matter how dark our days may be. Let's go to God in prayer. Father in heaven, we are thankful For this opportunity to study, to remember that you are always right, that you and your son are always right, that even though we make mistakes, we can still be forgiven, we can still get back up, we can still continue to serve you. Help us, Father, to always cling to you, to always trust in what you say in your word. Help us not to lean upon our own understanding. We are so thankful for your blood, which cleanses us from our sins. Help us to continue to remain close to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Bible classes will begin at 9.50. The book of Hebrews will be in this class. Thessalonians will be in classroom number one. And all uh, young Bible classes will be down the hallway.